Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. Hi guys, I am so excited um, that you have decided to join us today as uh, we start a beautiful series um, about The Secret Place. This is episode one. My name is Enrico Free from Burning Lamp Music. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in today. I um, have really felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit to start the series, not having an idea how many episodes there might be, not even how the content might look, but um, you know, obedience is just so important to the Lord. And um, you know, it's just something that has been burning on our hearts. And just before we go in today, um, let's just close our eyes, become aware of His presence, um, and just, just pray together. Jesus, thank you for this time that we can just all just sit around the table and feast on you. Jesus, I pray that through your spirit you'll reveal to us what we were created for first, God. I pray that in a new, fresh way you'll touch our hearts, that you'll invite us into a place that we will accept the invitation to go on a journey with you, to seek your face, to love you, uh, to become familiar with this place called the secret place and in your presence. We honor you, we glorify you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm so excited to, to start off uh, today. Um, I really felt in my heart to just maybe share about, um, start off with a testimony that uh, really touched our ministry, myself and my wife Anya, a couple of years ago, that really propelled us into a certain direction for the season to come. And that was in, in 2016 when we had the amazing opportunity to go to Israel um, at that stage, we would have joined uh, to a group um, that would have gone with us, but they were not able to make it. And um, so we just felt it so significantly that God just planned and ordained it like that. You know, God doesn't just do anything. You know, everything He does is in such detail, you know, and is, and is well thought through. And uh, so on this trip, it, for, for the first 80% of this trip, it was just myself and Anya and uh, the people that we stayed with and... Um, so we, we went like almost on a retreat or sabbatical for three weeks. And um, I remember we visited the different spots. I always have the small little guitar that we try and travel with. And we took our journals with for this particular day. And um, we went to visit the, the site where the Garden of Gethsemane was. Um, and I remember probably about 40 minutes in to as we sat there and just worshipped. I, uh, God took me into this vision and I saw um, against one of those olive trees that I saw, I really saw Jesus kneeling down on his knees as he was praying, as we know at the end of John, the book of John so well. Um, and in a very basic form, guys, I heard um, Jesus speak to the Father and he said, Dad, is there no other way that we can do this? Um, and then obviously as I was in this vision, um, seeing this from, from as God was showing this to me, I 
was thinking to myself, but I've read this passage so many times in my life, you know, but um, there must be a reason why God is highlighting this. And um, we all know the second part of this prayer so well, but still, Father, let your will be done. And to explain to you guys what happened in my heart that day in the garden, um, it was something significant. It was something supernatural as in a moment, I was, my heart was brought to a place of humility and repentance before the Lord. And um, I remember my eyes sh shooting full of tears in the garden that day. And I looked up and I said, Jesus, I remember in the beginning I was willing to do everything for you. But I have to acknowledge today as I stand here in the garden that, there, that a time has come that I expected you to do everything for me. And uh, it was really a big turning point for us um, in our lives. I remember in the walk up to, to, to Israel, um, I said, I was this brave guy that said, yeah, Israel, the trip will add to our lives, but I don't think it'll like completely change our lives. But oh man, I was so wrong. Like Jesus just really wrecked us and he wounded our hearts with his love um, um, in, that, in that time that we were there. And um, so God started highlighting a lot of things for us in that season of our lives. Um, we were running quite strong in ministry. God was, as he is always so good and faithful, opening doors for us. But we started realizing that we, we were running on empties. You know, this, the, God has given us, each and every one of us, a particular gift, a calling and a flavor to release on this earth for his glory. And I remember there in, in that season, there were specific uh, times of worship where uh, we would lead worship and just not feel it. We would just feel so empty. We would just feel tired and exhausted when we leave ministry events. And So this time and what God highlight, highlighted on our hearts was so divine and, and just came at the right time. And, and um, I remember we were walking on, on the beach um, in Eilat um, the one day. And uh, at that stage in my wife and our marriage, uh, we were also in a tough spot, a bit of a dry spot, and you know we were itching. Like I guess it's normal, you know, really growing in that area of our life. And um, and I remember um, we were walking on the beach, and I spoke to Jesus, and I just said, "How are we going to get through this? I feel so empty inside. I just feel like I don't know how we're going to get through this." And I I don't know if you guys maybe have had one of those moments, but it almost feels like you are expecting this voice of thunder or like when you're walking on the beach, a, a wave hitting you and then you get this revelation. But just like um, I just heard this silent but powerful whisper um, in my inner man and Jesus just said, my son, it's, it's very easy. The only way that you will survive and overcome this uh, is by every word that proceeds from my mouth. Matthew 4.4. 4. And suddenly it hit me again that, you know, in busy seasons of our life, even in ministry where it feels so good and it feels so right, it's so easy to neglect that place. It's so easy to neglect the voice of God speaking, um, that origin of life that we were supposed to tap into. And uh, maybe later part in, in some of the other episodes, we will obviously dive deeper into that. I, I want to dive a bit into Psalm 139 that David also speaks of. Um, and so we just realized, you know, that God constantly speaks and that He wants to speak to us in every season of our lives. That if He stops speaking, we will not make it. You know, we survive and we hang on every word that He speaks. And um, 
So I think the challenging thing for us was being so busy with the things of the Lord that we neglected um, the Lord himself, you know, in those seasons. And um, I remember in that time, and even now still a couple of years later, we have been journeying on some stories. And the one story, um, as I was sharing with you now, is that we live from every word that proceeds from his mouth, that he constantly speaks. There's a beautiful story in Luke 10, uh, where Mary of Bethany, Jesus often broke away to this small little town close to Israel called Bethany. And uh, we had some beautiful friends, Martha and Mary, um, Lazarus and, and many others. And uh, so Jesus often broke away. And in, in Luke 10, in the story, we see Jesus uh, eating with Mary and Martha at their house. But we also see how Martha is running around, getting everything ready to make sure that there's a meal prepared for Jesus, the Messiah, the one coming, the beautiful one. And uh, in that story, in the Passion Translation, it's so beautiful how it says that um, Martha spoke to Jesus because uh, Mary only sat at his feet. And it says so beautiful, absorbing every word that he speaks, sitting at his feet, not choosing anything else. She's not worried about anything else that needs to happen in the room. Is Jesus hungry? Is he tired? Does he want water? She is just amazed by who he is. He just wants to sit at his feet. And as he's sharing around the table stories, testimony, sharing about his father, sharing about the kingdom. She hangs on every word that he speaks. And Martha comes and she says, but um, this is unfair. You know, I should run around um, and Mary can sit at, at your feet while I'm busy. Really, my feet are aching. I've been working the whole morning preparing something for you. And uh, it's so beautiful how Jesus replies in the Passion Translation. It says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you so distracted, upset, and pulled away by so many things? And I want to tell you guys something that specifically in the season that we are in the world at the moment, I almost feel like God is asking us, Jesus is asking us that question. My beloved son and daughter, why are you so upset, so distracted, and so pulled away by so many things? And then Jesus goes on and he speaks and he says, Mary has chosen this one good thing. What is this one good thing? We just, I just shared it with you guys and we can read it as well. That Mary chose this one good thing to sit at the feet of the Messiah and to listen to every word that proceeds from his mouth. And then Jesus says, and I will not take this moment from her. It's absolutely Jesus' desire that we should understand that success in life and the origin of life starts at his feet. And he wants us there. He will not take that moment from her. He even says in his word that um, it's also written that because of the cross and because of what Jesus has done, we can boldly approach his throne. He wants us at his feet. He wants us to boldly come to a place and sit and absorb. We were made to listen to him. We were made to dive. And I believe also Luke 10 speaks about us that we are called to be transformed by his word, by his truth, by his word, diving into the word gazing upon the beauty of Jesus by going through scripture. It's not just about reading the word. It's, it's about finding the man in between the letters. It's not just about a simple act of religion every day, waking up, reading a scripture or two, and then ticking the box and maybe satisfying um, something in your mind or in your heart that you've done it for the day. It's about going deeper. It's about meeting a person when you read the word and his name is Jesus Christ. The other story is so beautiful in John 12. We also see Jesus sitting, um, uh, going to the house of Mary and Martha. 
and uh, it's so beautiful as he sits around with the disciples around the table. Um, Mary comes and she breaks open this flask of costly perfume. Just imagine yourself in that moment, how that costly perfume, they say that that costly perfume was worth her life savings. So just imagine this powerful, strong, beautiful scent of incense arising in the room, this perfume of devotion being poured over the feet of Jesus. And Judah, Judas from Judas from the table, one of the disciples, and we know where his heart was. We know that he was deceived by money um, and by probably many other things, but his heart was definitely not invested and was not with Jesus. And uh, Judas makes this comment as he looks at this woman, vulnerable but yet so amazed, um, valuing the presence of Jesus, pouring out this costly perfume over his feet. He makes this comment from the table and he says, I just want to read that to you. Uh, he basically says, what a waste. What a waste. We could have used this costly perfume and given it to the poor or maybe sold it and taken the money and expanded the ministry. You see, when I read it, when I read the story, I realized in my life that um, my heart also came to that place. You know, there's many voices in our lives that try and distract us from this position of devotion and extravagant worship at his feet. Voices like Judas, um, even um, the voices, the Martha voices saying, no, 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 but you must do, you must do to, to get approval from God. No, you must do to be justified. Uh, you must work for your righteousness. But no, no, if there's one thing that I realized um, when I was reading this, that my heart was also there. I will um, maybe look at other people and say, no, you are just going a bit overboard. The way you're giving yourself to Jesus, the way you're pouring out your life, even um, in times of worship, when I look at you and you worship, I think that's a bit too much. Maybe you can resonate with, with, with this. Maybe there's people that has been looking at you and say, you are just going a bit too far. You have to have a balance in life, you know. And I want to tell you the only balance that there is in the kingdom is giving absolutely everything. It's a kingdom. It's an upside down kingdom that we will not always understand. And Jesus asks for everything. And um, so we, so God started asking us these serious questions about who he is, taking, wooing us back into the secret place, wooing us back. And I remember um, the other thing that Judas, uh, that, I, that I just found so interesting about the story is how beautiful Jesus is in preparing a table. We even read it in Psalms 23 where it says that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. But not just that, even in life, there's always a table where he sits at where we can come and feast from. And I almost saw this picture of as we sit at this table, how he invites us to come and sit at this table and there's beautiful food and uh, the most amazing food that I've ever seen in my life on this table. His benefits or everything, the inheritance that we have in the kingdom as we sit with him. But the danger that we, that we uh, should be careful for in life is to take this invitation from Jesus to come and sit at his table, but to become distracted by the benefits, to fall in love and be consumed by the benefits on the table and forgetting the one that we are actually supposed to sit with and commune with. 
You see, if there's something that we need to understand in the season that we live in, in the, in the church and in the world, that I believe with my whole heart that we are going to see miracle signs and wonders like never before. I really do believe that, um, that we are going to see a move from the Holy Spirit like never before. I see prophetic schools pop up all over the place, schools of evangelism popping up. And in my heart when I say this, I am not saying that this is wrong. I'm saying that this is perfect and this is how it should be. But there's a danger in that when we start becoming so amazed by the miracle signs and wonders, chasing after the miracle signs and wonders more than we chase after Jesus Christ. It is never the heart of Jesus that we should pursue those things more than we pursue Him. You see, it's not a cheap thing. It also says in the Word that miracle signs and wonders will follow those who first believe. I believe this is the season where God, just like Matthew 22, He's pulling the church back to first love. He's pulling the church back to His presence. He's pulling the church back to the first commandment, to give Him everything. Then to love your neighbor as yourself will come second. And that will be an automatic thing that will happen in your heart. It's an automatic overflow from out of the presence of God, from out of a place of pursuing Him, because that is the right order. God, Jesus, always wants to be first in our life, above His miracles, above His wonders. I have had the amazing privilege to pray for people and see legs grow out and see healings happen, but never in my life, when I try to compare miracle signs and wonders with Jesus, um, can I actually make that comparison? When I think of Jesus Christ and the encounters I've had with Him, the way He has touched my heart, the way He has brought healing into my life and, and life and life in abundance, like He says in the Word, it doesn't compare. Nothing else comes close to that. So in the same breath, I also say, yes, we are called for the Great Commission. We are called uh, to go outside of the church walls and minister and go to the nations. But firstly, we were created for Him and for Him alone. We see um, a story of, of trying to access this power in a cheap way in Acts 8 where Simon the sorcerer performs in Samaria this amazing miracles. And then a lot of people think that this power comes from God. And then so in this journey with Philip also preaching the gospel in that area, Simon actually gives his life to the Lord and he's baptized. Um, and then uh, Peter and John heard of people that needs ministering of the Lord and that also has not been baptized by the Holy Spirit yet by fire in Samaria. So Simon follows them. And I just want to read this part in Acts 8, 14 to 21 to you. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed uh, for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They simply had been baptized by the name of the Lord. Then Peter and John placed um, their hand on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And then Peter speaks to him and says, Boy, you out of line. He did not understand how the kingdom of God works. He says, Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right in front of the Lord. 
You see, he basically says to him, Simon, this is not about buying any power from the Lord. You, your heart firstly needs to be absolutely invested. Then all these powers, miracles, signs and wonders and what you just saw with your eyes will happen. But it's not a cheap thing. It's not something that you can just try and tick off. You see the challenge that we face and forgive me if I'm stepping on any toes, but even in South Africa, if there's a census going around and you have to tick, if you're a Christian, there are many people that tick that box. But there are not many people that actually walk and are true followers of Jesus whose fruit in their lives testify of the fact that their lives belong to him and that they love him. You see, and that's what I want to speak about the dangers. It's the danger that we face in the season that the church is in, which is also an exciting season, is that we will forget about counting the cost, but we just want the power. We will pay for this power to move through our hands. We will pay prophets to give us words or whatever. They, I'm using pay now because that's what they use in the story. But what I'm trying to say is we, we can't make this gospel cheap. We can't make the power of Jesus cheap. It comes at a price. It says The word even says that uh, before the builder built his house, he considers and um, calculates the cost. You see, there's a cost involved in following Jesus. It means denying yourself, taking up your cross and following this man giving everything to this man. And I believe, and I can see it happening, that God is pulling the church back to this place where they seek him first above everything else, where the bells and whistles and all the noise and everything is stripped away. And we can once again build, start building our lives in and around his presence. Hear this beautiful thing in one 1 Chronicles 13, the story just, it's almost at the moment when David becomes king after so many years of serving faithfully under Saul. It's almost like a president, uh, the, the slogan that a president have when he is appointed to, to serve a nation for a term. David says the following in 1 Chronicles 13 from verse 1. David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and the captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows. If you approve and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all of the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring the ark of God to back to its rightful place because in the days of Saul it has it was neglected or it was not needed. You see that we are moving there there was a time, I believe, in 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 the church, and I know I'm saying church, but I'm talking about us. I'm, I'm not talking against the church. I'm I'm absolutely for the church of the Lord. That there's been a time that we have neglected or not found or not valued the presence of the Lord as much. But I believe that more than ever, just like David says that He's sending out his messengers into the land to make an announcement to say that we are bringing the presence of the Lord back to its rightful place. Isn't this amazing how David starts off his reign as king? Reign as king of king, kings in the right way, in the right order to say that we will establish this kingdom in and around the presence of the Lord. David valued the presence of God so much that he paid worship, prophetic worship leaders to minister unto the Lord day in and day out day and night. That's what they did. Isn't that an amazing job to have and to get a salary for it, to minister unto the Lord? That's how much value David placed. We even know 
when the Ark of the Covenant came through the city of David, how David extravagantly danced in front of the presence with so much joy, the realization of the fact that the presence of the Lord is coming back to its rightful place. And I want to I want to end off this message and I want to challenge you guys as there's just so much content and I've been trying to run through as fast and as in detailed as I can. But we will spill into this. This is almost just like an intro to uh, this series of The Secret Place. But I want to challenge you in this thing that I want to speak to you as parents. I want to speak to you as individuals. Are you in, intently or deliberately creating a space for God's presence to be seen in your life? When people come and drink coffee or have a bri at your house, when they walk into your house, can they pick up something different in the atmosphere? Parents, are you intently creating an atmosphere of God's presence, an awareness of God's presence in your house that your children be can become aware of that? You see, our little girl, Hannah May, she's almost three years old. But there are random moments now when I play with her that she speaks about Jesus. The name of Jesus is on our little girl's lips and she's not, she's not even three years old yet. We are starting to intently speak about Jesus. We mention Jesus in front of her as much as we can. You see, an awareness of this Jesus, an awareness of the fact that he is alive, awareness of the fact that he is with us in, in this moment. Are you intently um, discerning on what you are watching in front of TV, what you're listening to on the radio, because there are so much garbage out there trying to steal your attention in the season, just like Martha. Why are you so pulled away, so distracted by so many things? I want to encourage you in the season to deliberately start pursuing the presence of God. Come like David, become like David, become like a Mary, and start valuing the presence of the Lord in your life. Create a space for your children. Do not live and be selfish and just live for yourself. Think about your children. Think about what they can grow up with. A presence and an awareness of this man that loves them with all their heart, with all his heart. Let's pray together. Jesus, we want to thank you for your presence, God. We realize that this is the place that we were created for. Jesus, you didn't die for religion. You died for communion. Jesus, and I remember as I prepared for this sermon, you said that religion promotes um, independence, but relationship promotes dependence. We are absolutely dependent on you. The more time we are aware and the more time we, we, that we spend in your presence, we become aware, become aware of the fact that you are God and we are not. We become aware of the fact that we need you above all else. God, and I ask that you will awaken this desire within our hearts to seek you, to establish a place. God, you have called us to be um, king, priests, and prophets of our household, to stand in this calling as sons, to establish. You want to establish your kingdom and your presence through us. And I pray that this will become the desire of our heart. God, that our greatest calling and our highest purpose is to give our lives to you in the secret place. God, and thank you that you are faithful in the season in wooing us, the old church, back to that place of first love, back to that place of seeking you first, back to that place of in everything that we do in life, our day-to-day -day life, to structure that so that you can take first place again. Jesus, we are nothing without you, and we want to hear you speak to us, just like you say in Matthew 4.4, that we live from every word that proceeds from your mouth, God. We love you and we honor you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today. Remember to press the subscribe button. For more content and resources, visit our Facebook pages at Enrico and Anya Worship and Burning Lamp Ministries. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Enrico and Anya Worship. If you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.